It's good to be in God's house today, amen. So, uh, and, and the songs this song was beautiful, wasn't it? There is a powerful name in the name of Jesus, and I believe that today very much. So, we're going. Are y'all going to be blessed again today? Brother Hanson speaking again today. I don't think anybody, how many people knew that, but he's going to be speaking again for us today. So, uh, we're going to ask him to come and uh, bring God's word to us. I'm so proud of him and Rachel and. Um, so he's going to bring God's word to us for I let him have it. I'm just going to pray for him this morning. So if y'all bow your heads and we'll go to the Lord in prayer. Father, today we just come to you once again in the name of Jesus Christ today, Father. And I pray now, Father, as I uplift my brother here today, Father, that you would just anoint him, Father, with your Holy Spirit today, Father. He can speak the words that we need to hear, Father. Let him speak with strength, boldness, Father. And we just pray that you would just guide and direct everything he says and, says and does. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Darvin got up here and he got the mic and everybody thought we were just going to get Darvin back and he got me for another week. And uh, last week I was very unprepared. Uh, this week I, I feel like I'm more prepared, but that don't mean it could be any longer. That just means I, I knew what I was going to say before, a little bit of what I was going to say before I got up here. Uh, I was saying, I was telling somebody the other day, when Malachi preaches, he is like, he, is, he has got every word, every joke. He has methodically thought out every single thing that's going to happen. Like he knows where he's going to pause and stop, smile. He's got it all planned out. And then you have Darwin, who's just off the cuff. He's like, I've never even seen him walk up here with a notepad, a sticky note, or nothing. And I'm, I'm somewhere in between. Uh, I might walk up here with a, you know, a piece of paper or something, and it's, it's just, but it's real scattered. But it, I've got a couple things down on paper. Uh, so I'm somewhere in between. <clears throat> I wanted to start out by sharing a little bit what happened this week. We have these, uh, they're called, we call it FYI at our school, but it's, it's kind of like an FCA or, uh, but it's like a Christian club thing at our school. And uh, last Wednesday, I wasn't there because I was at Nolan's funeral. So this Wednesday, there was a lady coming in to speak, and right at the last minute, like 15 minutes before, uh, this lady canceled. And so, naturally, the preaching, the preaching guy at school gets stuck with it. And uh, so I, I didn't even know what I was going to say. And I'd, read, I'd been reading my Bible that week a little bit, and I'd read something that never really stuck out to me ever. I'd never even noticed it. I couldn't even tell you it was a story in the Bible uh, Jesus was sitting there at the temple and he was watching everybody come in and kind of turn in their tithe. And there was people giving in, in the temple court and they were giving their money and it said that the, the rich people would come and they were giving these large amounts of money, tons of the money. And the Bible says that this widow came and she gave two copper cents, like almost nothing, like less than nothing. They were probably less than an actual cent uh, to us. And Jesus observed all this, and he turned to his disciples, and he said, that woman gave more than everyone else here because she gave out of her poverty. She gave all that she had. And so I went in there, and that's what I'd read this week, and I'd kind of had a thought of it. I thought on that note, are you giving all that you have? Because everybody can give a little bit. She could have just gave one, right? She could have just gave one, and she still had one, but she gave all that she had. And it said that many of the rich came and they, they gave these large amounts of money. But when Jesus saw that, he didn't see the large amounts of money. He's seen people just giving out of their wealth. 
But she, she gave out of her poverty. She gave all that she had. And I, can't, and I, and I told them that, and I gave them that devotion, <clears throat> and I spoke on that, and I, I asked them, are you giving all that you have to give? Anyways, we get through with the devotion, and there was two other teachers in there with me, our counselor, Miss Snap is her name, and then our assistant coach, and he was a youth pastor uh, before he became an assistant coach. And so I asked him, I said, is there anything I want to add? And Miss Snap jumps up, she says, yes, I want to add something. And she said, now all of you know, and she started talking to all the kids. She said, that's the exact devotion that I gave last week, almost word for word. And she said, I don't know who needed to hear that, but obviously God is trying to tell you something because we did not plan that. He didn't ask what we said, you know, did last week. So God's trying to tell somebody something. I don't believe in coincidences. And I said all that to say this, God's brought you here today for a reason. Amen. That I don't believe in coincidences. That you might have been going to this church for 30 years, but maybe God has let you go to this church for 30 years so that you can hear something today. Not something from me, but something from God. Amen. That I don't believe in coincidences, and you might have came a long way to be here, but I believe that God has something for those who will look. Amen. And so that's my prayer and my hope today, is that we could take a moment and just open up our minds and our hearts, our ears, and God, show us what we stand in need of. Show us what we stand in need of. Show us something that we need to see. <clears throat> and so I, I, titled, I titled this message, The Problem with Comparison. The Problem with Comparison. And uh, the first place, I want to go to a verse in Galatians. So if you have your Bibles, you can go with me to Galatians. Galatians chapter 6. Starting in verse 4, the Bible says each one should test their own actions. They can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. For each one should carry their own load. I'm going to read that one more time. Each one should test their own actions. They can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. For each one should carry their own load. So that to me says you're accountable for you. <clears throat> and it seems like we live, in, we live in a world where it is constant comparison. Constant comparison, especially in the age of social media. Uh, so maybe there might be a group of people here that's like, man, I don't have a clue what this guy's talking about because I don't, I don't have any of that and I never compare myself. But what I've noticed is that we all constantly compare ourselves to somebody else. Even if you don't have social media, you go to work with people and you compare yourself, you know. They pull up in this and you pull up in that and you go, man, I wish I had that. I mean, they've got life by the horns. And it's all this comparison. And I want to talk today, I want to give you three reasons why you don't compare. And there's probably infinite <laughs> reasons why we shouldn't compare ourselves to other people. And the Bible talks about a lot of them. But I want to give you three reasons that I think you should never compare. The first reason is you can't see the whole picture. And sometimes you compare yourself because you want to feel better about yourself. So you look at a snapshot of somebody's reality and it makes you feel better. And then other times you look at a snapshot of the reality and, and, you, and you, feel, you feel like crap. But you don't, you don't see anywhere near the whole picture. You know, if you, if you got on Instagram and you went to every single person you follow, you went to their, their page, you would see the highlights of their life. 
And there's some people that, I mean, it looks like they live a lot cooler life than me. And when you go to mine, you'd say I hadn't posted nothing in like two years. So, you know, my life, my life must be sucking. Uh, but no, I've had, some, I've had some awesome, awesome moments in the last two years that I wouldn't trade for anything. Uh, you wouldn't know that from my Instagram, though. But if you, went to, if you went to everybody's Facebook, you went to their Instagram, if you walked in their house even, you would see pictures, and it would have the highlights of their life. And we spend so many hours a day scrolling, taking in these highlights, constantly comparing our highlight reel to theirs. And you see this much of their life. You know, you see the brand new vehicle that they got, and you go, man, I wish I had that vehicle. I'm driving around in this, well, my, I mean, my wife, I mean, she's doing this all the time. She's looking at these other vehicles, like, I wish I had this vehicle. This we sold her, so now she's driving my truck, and it gets bad guy mileage. She's already ran over something in her yard and jacked it up. And <laughs> I'm telling you, you set a woman in something like a little higher than a bicycle, and they're hitting crap just left and right. <laughs> I'm serious. Go look at, we, we had a fire pit in our yard that her father-in-law gave us, or my father-in-law gave us, and that thing, it, it looks like a crumbled can now. <laughs> I said, how did you hit that? She said, well, I parked, it was right, I parked right in front of, and then I just took off straight, and I said, I'm throwing it away, and she said, oh, we'll fix it, and I was like, no, we won't. <laughs> so, we constantly compare, we see everybody else's highlights. And we say, man, I wish I had that. And it almost starts this coveting problem. I know for me, if I'm, if I'm scrolling on the internet or maybe I'm scrolling through Instagram, whatever, I see something that somebody else has and I go, man, I wish I had that. I wish I could go there. I wish I could go do that. I wish I could go, to, go and do that hunt that that person was on. I wish I could go do this, that hike that person was on. I wish I had that truck that they had. Man, that's a nice truck. We compare, maybe, maybe even, maybe sometimes we're following good people. I see that preacher, I see that pastor, and they've they're, they're got an Instagram reel, and the man, they're preaching the house, saying, man, I wish I could preach like that. But you're only seeing a snapshot. You're not seeing that person's house. You might see a picture of their house, and you think, man, that's the most beautiful house in the world. But every night inside that house, there's yelling, there's heartbreak, there's cussing, there's sin. You see this much of that person's reality. And here's, here's the thing. All people are broken people. I said that last week. We all have sin problems. Nobody's perfect. And we, we look at this lie on Instagram and Facebook and social media and we scroll through it and we're seeing this lie and we're going, man, they have a perfect life. Man, their family looks so pretty. I wish my family looked like that. I wish I had it all together. I wish I had the nice things. Man, just, they, they never have a problem. They're, they're living life to the fullest. No, they're not. That's a lie. And it might look like they are, but every people have problems. If they're a person, if they're a human being born on this planet, they were born into a fallen world, a world that is in decay, as Lord mentioned this morning in devotion, and we are a broken people in need of God. And that's common for every single person on this planet. Amen. And they might have a blue check beside their name, and it might look like they're living the greatest possible life, but they're not. They're a broken person in need of Jesus, just like me, just like you. We all need Jesus. <clears throat> so we see a snapshot of the reality, and we have this comparison going on. Theodore Roosevelt said this, and I saw this a long time ago, like probably six or seven months ago, and for some reason I remembered it. But he said, comparison is the thief of joy. 
And I, I thought about this in my own life a little bit, and I come up with this example. Rachel got me this little boat one time, and, uh, you know, I got that boat. I was, like, so jacked up to have this boat. It didn't even have a motor on it. It had a trolling motor on it, and it was awesome until me and Malachi went fishing and these gale force winds this one time. And then I, what I noticed is everybody else had these nice boats that were still driving around, and we were just up against this rocky bank just getting nailed. And we couldn't even, we couldn't even get back to the ramp. And, and I started to compare. Oh, if I had that boat, crap, I could still be fishing right now. I can't even get up in this cove I'm trying to get in. I'm just screwing my boat up. And so I got a little bit better boat. It had a little motor, so I could kind of go in the wind. I'd still blow little bitty John boat. And then I was in these fishing tournaments. And I always tell myself, I'd be like, man, if I had a bigger boat, I could win these. And, you know, it has nothing to do with the skill involved, you know, in the fishing. You know, it's all about the boat. If I had a bigger boat, I'd compete. Uh, and Darwin would pull up in his boat, and I'd go, man, Darwin's got the boat. <laughs> then Flan would pull up in his boat, and Darwin would say, Flan's got the boat. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we compare. But, man, I was super happy to get the first one I had, the one that didn't even have a motor. Amen. It wasn't until I saw somebody else's that I started to not like mine. It wasn't good enough all of a sudden. And I think we do that a lot in life. We see somebody else's life. We see that snapshot, and now all of a sudden we're discontent with what we have going on in our life. It's a snapshot. It's not the whole picture. You just see the highlight. You don't see all of it. Comparison is the thief of joy. So the first reason we don't compare is because we can't see the whole picture. The second reason, through comparison, we justify our sin. And I see this a lot. I do this a lot. <clears throat> and I, I, I see it in little kids a lot, too. You know, just, I don't have a child, but I'm around them a lot. You know, school teacher. And this is what you'll, this is what you'll see happen a lot. Hey, stop doing that. They're doing that. Well, I didn't see them do that, but I've seen you do it. You stopped doing it. They said, but well, they've been doing it the whole time. They justify what they did because somebody else is doing it. Amen. Through comparison, we justify our sin. You know, this, might, this is, uh, you post a picture, and maybe it's not a modest picture, and somebody presses you on that. Hey, that's not a very, I don't know if I'd be posting that. I don't know if this is a modest picture. Well, everybody else does it. The Holy Spirit starts, we do it with the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit convicts you about something. Amen. Hey, you need to quit cussing. Come on, you don't need to act like that. You're better than that. Amen. But you justify it subconsciously because so-and-so who goes to the same church as you, that works with you, they do it. Amen. Well, they're, they're a good person. They're, they're a great person, and you know if they can get away with it, then so can I. So through comparison, we justify our sin. The problem with that, Jesus said in Matthew 5, and 48, he says, Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Amen. So when you compare yourself to somebody else, you're comparing yourself to somebody else that don't meet the standard. Remember, because nobody's perfect. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. And when I compare myself and, and I try to justify how I'm living, because maybe they're not living the best, well, I'm setting myself up for failure. And I look at them and I say, man, I'm going I'm to hook my wagon up to that horse. 
and it's to somebody else, the problem is you're not hooking it up to a horse, you're hooking it up to another wagon. They don't have it figured out. Jesus said be perfect because your heavenly Father is perfect. Amen. Be perfect. So that's the standard. If you want to compare yourself to someone, compare yourself to me, Jesus said. Be perfect as I'm perfect. Don't compare yourself to somebody else because it's through comparison that we'll justify our sin. Amen. Jesus said be perfect, therefore as your heavenly Father is perfect. Third, third and last thing. We don't need to compare ourselves to other people because we have our own journey. We have our own walk. We have our own purpose. They're not you. You don't have their circumstances. They don't have your circumstances. Now you might wish that you were in their shoes and they were in yours, but that's not reality. It's not reality at all. <clears throat> AJ, if you'll come. My buddy, uh, I was listening to a, a sermon this week from my good friend Chad, and he was talking about, and I don't think he came up with this, but he was talking about it. And I'm going to need you all to use a little imagination here. Everybody know what a Venn diagram is? Elementary school, come help me out circles, and then circle, and they overlap each other. We're running drills in basketball and we can't seem to figure them out. I have to tell my kids to use their imagination just a little bit. Imagine a defender right here or, you know, something like that. And that's what I'm going to ask you all to do. If we were looking at our church logo, you'd see two big circles here. Imagine another one down at the bottom here. And then you've got these overlapping circles. My buddy was saying, he said somewhere you've got your past, you've got your pain, and you've got your passion. And somewhere right in the middle where all three of them overlap, you have your purpose. And what I want to tell you all today, you have your own purpose. That God's given you purpose. God's given you your own pain. He's given you your own past. He's given you your own passion. Stop trying to live somebody else's. God has called you to do something great for His kingdom. God has called you to do something, to upbuild His kingdom, to lead others to Him. He's called you to live for Him. He ain't called, and maybe He has, He's called, he's called everybody. But stop trying to live their purpose. Stop trying to run their race. Run your race to the best you can. Stop looking across the lawn and thinking the grass is greener on the other side because it's not. They're running their race. They need to run their race. You need to run your race. And God, is, He's given you a talent. He's given you a gift. He's given you a purpose. He's called you to something greater. Figure out what that is. <clears throat> I want to close with uh, John chapter 15. If you have your Bibles, you can go with me there. John chapter 15, starting in verse 1, it says, I am the true vine. This is Jesus speaking. He says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, so it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Remain in me, and I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. 
I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. What I want to say is, when we compare ourselves to other people, we get connected to them. But Jesus says that you're not going to bear fruit connected to somebody else. That you have to be connected to Him. And what I want to tell us today is that we've got to get back to being connected to Jesus. I don't need to be connected to Him. I want to bear much fruit. I want Him to prune me. And I want to grow in my spiritual walk with Christ. But you can't do it when you're connected to somebody else. When you're hooked up to their wagon, you ain't going to grow. You're not going to produce fruit. You're not going to make a kingdom difference. You're not going to have the great impact on your family that God's called you to have. But when you're connected to Jesus, you will bear much fruit. But apart from that, you can do nothing. If y'all stand with me. Every head bowed and every eye closed. If anybody wants to pray for any reason, we don't want to close without giving you an opportunity to pray. Consider these altars open. As we pray today, Father, we just thank you again for this day. Father, we thank you for your word that you've given us today, Father. We thank you for this man that brought it. We pray for those that stepped out today, Father. You know what's on their hearts today. You know what they stand in need of today, Father. We just ask you to, Father, touch that need. We ask you, we just lift these prayer requests that have been made here today, Father. We ask you to bless our church today, Father. We know you have. We just pray we continue, Father, in your word, Father. We need it so bad. And, Father, today we just uplift everything, Father. We just uplift ourselves today, Father, that you know, Father that we're in desperate need today, Father. We pray, Father, for the Holy Spirit just to fill this congregation in a mighty special way today, Father. Let this church be the light to this community, Father, to this world today, Father. And, Father, again, we just praise, and praise your name today. For Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Enjoy Brother Hans this morning speaking the word to us and enjoy God's word to us. I want to ask you one time, more time for a close or this close out. It's good to be back. We've been, wife been gone for a few days, but uh, you know, be praying for a service next Sunday. I'm just, I'm looking forward to it. But thought about this all week while I was gone, and I just want to tell you this. And I read them. I say this. I, uh, we we live in a great place here. And our world is desperate need of Jesus Christ. Brother Hans brought that today. We was in Leadville this last week, Colorado, and we walked by a place. I can't repeat the words on it. It said, "Blank, the Supreme Court. We're still going to do abortion and all this. It's right there in the open." I just want to tell you, we're in desperate need of Jesus Christ. We're in desperate need. I thought every kid walks by sees that. It's sad. It is sad. So be praying for a service next Sunday. I'll just pray maybe 
Hopefully, revival's already broke out. I've been, I don't know, Brother Hanson done a good job last week to this week. I'm looking forward to coming back and preaching. I look forward to meeting Brother Roger next week. It's going to mean a lot to me. I uh, hope y'all can support it and be a praying for it, and we're going to bring out cheers. We're going to have a good, hope we have a good revival service next Sunday, okay? I didn't mean to get y'all down on nothing, but I just want you to realize it's different from that. If you leave Drasco, it's different. <laughs> Amen. God bless you. We love you. Thank you.